and welcome to Tabletop Radio Hour, your podcast for everything tabletop. My name's Zach, and this week I have my co-host Mark and Steve. Mark, how are you today? Okie dokie, how about you? I'm doing alright. Good. Can't complain, really. Steve? I'm pretty good. Awesome. Well, great to have you guys today. Another fun-filled episode. Sure. And, uh, and like we always do, we want to start off with our segment, Wish of the Week. In Wish of the Week, we talk about anything we're excited for, from movies to RPGs to video games. This week, let's start with Steve. Steve, do you have a Wish of the Week? Uh, I do, although, and again, this might not be new, but it's new to me. Um, basically, okay, I found this stupid mobile game called <laughs> Knights of Pen and Paper 2, the free yes. edition. Okay. Have you heard of, have you played this before? I've, I played the sci-fi version of it. Okay, I'm playing the D&D version of it, and... Hmm. It is really funny, okay? Like, I don't it's play a whole lot of mobile games. It, it probably, yeah, it, I can tell this is going to be like a total time sink or whatever. But, <laughs> dude, it, it's incredibly clever. Like, all the humor in it, like, I was actually laughing out loud way more than I should have been. Um, and mechanically, it seems like a pretty fun little mobile RPG to boot. Um, but basically, the, the premise is you're, you're a whole party of people sitting around a table playing D&D. But whenever you fight a monster, it, like, kind of swaps out the background behind you for like the actual monsters in a field and whatever but you've always got the actual people at a table like playing games in front mm -hmm. and it's got a ton of just little nods to just like geek actual like D, D player culture so like you get like kind of permanent power-ups if you can improve your game room set up like you know a pool table mm -hmm. or arcade machines that have nothing to do with the game itself it's just like a really cool looking game room <laughs> so yeah nice. Right, know, yeah, it's really cool. It's got a ton of humor. It's really well designed. Uh, it's got this kind of pixel retro motif that goes along. It's very appropriate. Mm -hmm. And I did not know there was a sci-fi version, so apparently I might mm. need to look that look at that too. <laughs> it, it might be a different company. Like okay. it might be another a different creator, but it's the same premise. Okay, gotcha. It's the exact same thing. Like you're sitting down at the table, the GM's talking to you, and then it kind of transfers you to this game world where you do like a almost you know a turn-based style combat yep 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 mm -hmm. yep same same exact concept beautiful well i am loving this one like i was just like rolling on the floor with a lot of just the stuff they had going on in it so super funny and really fun and free so there you go and free and free exactly i've, <laughs> I've just installed it <laughs> yes <laughs> beautiful well great I, you can you can be on my friends list and we can get diamonds or whatever so awesome <laughs> beautiful <laughs> Yay in game currency. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Mark, other than this this new game you've downloaded, <laughs> what's what's your wish of the week this week? <laughs> um actually it's kind of a you know, kind of a, a classification of games that uh I'm kind of newly discovering, and that is uh game clones. 
uh, I know we, when we talked about the Ghostbuster article, they referenced a, um, a game called Spooktacular, which is basically somebody has, has taken the um, Ghostbuster game that, that we're set to play and removed all the... Uh, um, Con- the uh, branding, branding, basically, and just kind of made it a generic uh, game, but using the same rules. Um, and uh, I know I t- posted one a while ago on uh, between us called Classified, which is the yeah. um, James Bond version of that. It's the you know I know I've talked about the old James Bond game that uh, Victory Games uh, mm-hmm. did. And this is uh, the exact same game, but with the uh, the double O sevens filed off. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, I found another one for the uh, the Master Book uh, games by uh, West End. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I'm finding all these great uh, versions of these old games that I loved, but kind of repackaged in, in uh, new ways that uh, you know make them accessible. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, there's some advantages, I think. Um, one of the problems, I, I think I talked about the, the James Bond game is the adventures basically were just the movies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you were just playing, replaying Goldfinger, for example, which, which was kind of interesting because, you know, you, you got to really kind of think about, you know, why you're making, you know, he was making these decisions in the movies, but it's not the same as having a totally fresh original adventure and having this game classified. It has all the, the same kind of feel, but you're not exactly walking in James Bond's footsteps. You're, you're able to kind of take it and become something a little bit more original. So I really kind of like it, uh, like that kind of approach. Well, and it it makes sense, too, because if you're just sitting around a table playing, you can rebrand it among, you know, among yourselves. You don't need to, like, you can actually pretend, you know, it's like the, uh, what was it, the Starfleet Battles that you used to play, right? It's basically yes. Star Trek mm-hmm. and everything but name. And mm-hmm. obviously, you everyone if everyone sort of knows they're playing James Bond, you can just say, okay, well, we're, we're playing James Bond here, so. But you're not even tied to that. You know, if you don't want to be British Secret Service, you're American Secret Service. Yep. You know, true, true. um, you know, you could, you can kind of <clears throat> make it your own in a, in a totally new way. So, um, so yeah, it's, you know, I found these, these couple games and I've been enjoying them and, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a great way to kind of go back and, and see some of this stuff, uh, from a fresh angle and from a, a little bit more original angle. So, uh, yeah, yeah those, that's interesting. Those that's are cool. the couple I found: a spectacular, classified, and I think the other one's just Master Books uh, Two. Um, nice. You know, there's some some good examples of that. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. There, there are there is that kind of real niche, you know, set of games that are like that. You mm-hmm. know, they have the serial numbers filed off. And, right. Yeah. And, you yeah. Know, yeah, but the game. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, the the original game's out of print, so there's no way to get the original right. game. You know, it's not like they're they're stealing sales from anybody because uh, um, it's out of print. It's yeah. out of print, <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly. so it, it's a great way for that to uh, kind of kind of recreating the the feeling of that older game that is isn't around anymore. Exactly, that nobody can get their hands on. Yeah, exactly right. Well, Definitely, it's like a yeah, win-win. Yeah. That's a great idea. That's really cool. Uh, what what's spectacular kind of off of? 
Um, have, have you right? heard of the uh, West End game um, Ghostbusters? <laughs> Don't think I have. Okay. <laughs> Good. That'll make next week especially exciting. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. This is going to be so great when he rolls up a paladin for Ghostbusters. <laughs> true. True. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> or That's a great. necromancer. <laughs> yes. Like... Oh, man. Ray, but Egon, and, and Dorfmore, the Undying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. I I assumed that's what it was. Yeah. But, um, well, I, I just wanted to uh, to be sure. Yeah. Well, I, I discovered that one from that uh, Ghostbusters article that we discussed uh, last show. Oh, that's right. That's so right. That's, yeah. Um, are they are they doing physical copies or are they just doing strictly PDFs? Uh, it's it's all through uh, drive through RPG. So oh, okay, you so know, print you on demand. Print, print on demand. demand yeah. Cool. Awesome. Make Anything sense. else for you? That'll do it. Cool. Uh, I got a couple things here this Excellent. week that are that are coming up the end. Uh, okay, one's next week and one's a little towards the end of the month. Okay, but they're both video games. Nice. Um, one is from a series that I have been very fond of for years since I was maybe in middle school. Oh boy! Uh, is is Soul Caliber? Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Ooh, yeah, Soul Caliber Six is coming out. Next Friday for everything wait. under the sun, yes, except for the switch. But they've 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 teased kind of bringing the switch uh, a copy as well. If they get numbers, they'll do it. <clears throat> of course, of course, and th- they'll get numbers. Trust me. Well, I sure um, hope so. In this, yeah, in this one specifically, uh, in all of the Soul Calibur games for a while now, um, they've had kind of a special guest character from uh from another game or series uh like in soul Calibur three it was link from legend of zelda two but yeah um well oh was that two that was two yeah fair enough uh i believe it was soul Calibur five that did yoda mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah uh and this one is gonna be Geralt from the witcher series Yes, which is so cool. I mean, he's a perfect fit, right? I mean, he's got a sword. Really? He's got cool magic stuff. He basically feels like a Soul Calibur character to begin with. Yeah, so, seriously, too fun. And it's going to be interesting. Uh, but yeah, I've I've liked I've I've loved Soul Calibur for years and years, and uh, and I'm glad they're bringing a new one, which is which is good. Gee, why would that appeal to somebody who likes uh, swashbuckling games? Hmm. No idea. <laughs> yeah. No idea at all. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, um, and then yeah, uh, go go for it, Steve. Well, I, I'm I'm been seriously waiting for this one for ages too. I'm a huge fan of Soul Calibur as well. Um, mm. And my what I've heard is this is actually this needs to go well because if Namco doesn't do well in Soul Calibur Six, they've basically said no more Soul Calibur. No more Soul so, Calibur, exactly. So this is like you know put up or shut up time. If there's something you're going to pre-order and you like Soul Calibur, it should be this. So yeah, do it. Well, now. Yeah. I might have to get a, get in on that too. I think. If, I think the last one I had was three and yeah, yeah. I, I, that's, that's one of the ones that I love too. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's easily one of my favorite fighting game series. And I, I mean, obviously I don't think fighting games like super seriously, but, um, it's yeah. a really great series. It's got a different flavor. It does. It's got such a different flavor than, than normal, you know, Tekken or, you know, street fighter, stuff like that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It's so much different. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then they've got this whole, you know, you can create your own character and, and stuff like that. And I'm guess I'm, I heard that they are, um, they're kind of going a little bit farther with that, yep. uh, with, with the character creation, with, with that story side of things. So that's going to be really interesting. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a lot of hope for it. So we'll see. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Because it's been a long time since I've played a Soul Calibur game. Um, well, they... I think Soul Calibur Four was the last one I had really gotten into. Okay. Um, Four was good, but yeah, yeah, five had issues, but it wasn't horrible. There's, you know, I, I've never played a bad one. I don't know why they don't do no, better. I haven't either. I think the issue mm. is they don't do really well in the tournament scene. Um, right. like there's not a lot of like play for Soul Calibur at Evo and things like that. And I think it's because like, it's just not quite as deep, but it's always tried to be a little bit more accessible. And that's why I like it. I, I think, you know, there's, there's right. only so much virtual fighter you can play before you just want to, what was that crazy <laughs> combo again? You know, 87 buttons and right. like, you know, one frame open windows and stuff like that. It's like, it's, it's bonkers. I can't keep up, but soul caliber is just like, yeah, yeah. let's just pop in. I'm going to be killick and we're going to just beat some people up. So. Yep. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. <sighs> that. And in, in my opinion, it's, it's not as reliable on those huge combos. Yeah. 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 Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's a little, it's a little simpler. And I think that's why it doesn't do as well in, in the tournament scene mm-hmm. is because. It's it's not as complex as as Street Fighter or Tekken. You have an excellent point. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But yep, yeah. uh, the next one I have is yep. Like I said, another video game. Uh, it is coming at the end of the month, and me and everyone on the planet has been excited for this. Okay, because it is Rockstar's newest creation. Uh yeah. Okay. Red Dead Redemption Two. Mm. I played the hell out of red dead redemption and if you like being a cowboy if you like riding horses and shooting guns and fighting bandits then red dead redemption is is your kind of thing but uh but yeah i i've i've been looking forward to this since they teased it what four years ago ages <laughs> like, ago yeah, yeah yeah well you know their time scales they don't do anything in a rush so right hmm. Right, but God. cool. You know, I never um, really spent a lot of time with the original, but like, so what? What do you hope they do right in this one? Like, what? What are you most looking forward to in Red Dead? 2? Um, really, I hope they don't do what they did with GTA Five. That's the only thing I want. <laughs> you mean Red Dead Online? Is that what you're worried about? Or <laughs> well, or it's like it just turns into this almost Gary's Mod esque thing. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Because that's exactly what GTA Five did. You know, yeah. the entire online multiplayer is just racetracks and obstacle courses and and all this bullshit that I don't want from that game. You know, that's why I didn't get it. Hmm. But um, but yeah, it's just I I want it to focus on the story like it always has. I would like like a co op story. Okay aspect to it to bring friends in and stuff like that um i i've stayed away from like pre-release stuff Mm -hmm. so i can just experience it when it comes out that's a good idea so Mm -hmm. some of this stuff could be true some of it could be not true just i don't i don't know because i haven't done my research on purpose (laughs) but yeah i i just i i want it to to be you know as exciting and as 
story driven as the first one was. And then, you know, stick with that and don't get distracted with all the online stuff that they did with GTA. Yeah, like, (laughs) yeah, honestly, (laughs) I've never been a big fan of the GTA series, but like, I am the only one on the planet because like once they went online GTA, they stopped making games because they were just like busy, like unloading their wheelbarrows full of cash. Because, mm-hmm. like, all the whole, like, microtransaction online thing, like, I, I really feel like, productively, they sort of halted. Because yeah. it's made them so much money. I mean, I can't argue with the business behind it. But that's one of the things where no, it's exactly. like, you know, like, if it were, if they weren't a publicly traded company, maybe we'd be having, you know, more games for it. You know, something like that. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I, I want them to focus on the story. I would like... You know, I would like a story that's as long or longer than the the first one because it was it's a great story. It's a really great story. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want them to fix. I'm sure they have uh, the the horse riding mechanics in the game, <laughs> just because you would run into a rock or a tree or a, the side of a building, and mm-hmm. and it'd be hard to you know maneuver easily. You know, it's like it would get away from you really easily. And uh, but yeah. I, I think they need to put a that. they need to put a Witcher reference in there where your horse like respawns on the roof all the time. That would be perfect. <laughs> you would, Steve. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm not sure exactly what date it is. I could probably find it out, but those of you that care already know. So uh so yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited for that. And I think that'll be it for this segment of Wish of the Week. Now on to some main topics here. Mark Mark uh, unloaded Hell's Gates when when he uh, <laughs> he threw topics at us this week. But uh, <laughs> smorgasbord, if you will. Smor- oh, yes, there we go. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, Mark Mark has some topics for us today. Um, I'm gonna let him kind of take the reins on uh, on main topic time here. Uh, okay. Um, uh, actually, do we have an RPG reflection? I'm sure we do. Let me dig through here. Yeah, I think that's it. I think I think we've got an RPG reflection, so let's jump over there. Okay. In RPG reflection, we talk about our last game session. Uh, in this case, it was Steve's two episodes. Um, Indeed, it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Quick recap: um, We're still running around Ison. Um, we went from Washerst. Yep. Down to Stark. Starkburn. Starkburn. Starkburn, I guess. Starkburn. Yeah. Starkburn. Um. And, uh, yeah, there were some hiccups along the way. I think, uh, the, that, the well witch that I introduced in, in, was it my last game? I guess so. Uh, popped up again and it's still fishing for books. Um, 
and uh, seems to be more books than just the journal, although she uh, she clearly wants the, the journal now. And uh, there was a little bit of a mishap. Uh, 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 Mateo got turned into a rock, and they had to go to Starkburn and find uh, uh, somebody there who could help out. And it turns out Mateo's got a little history <laughs> down in Starkburn. So... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, he used he said he used to live in, in Starkburn. Yeah, yeah, apparently, it turns out. Um and uh <laughs> Yeah, when we walked into the tavern in Starkburn, there was a a, a portrait. <laughs> a very ornate portrait of Mateo. <laughs> I hope that wasn't too heavy handed. I was looking for sort of a a hero of Canton James oh, yes. yeah. kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. But uh Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, we run into we run into the Inquisition there in Starkburn. Um, and uh, narrowly avoid them. Mm-hmm. Another another combatless encounter, by the way, uh, is story. Yeah, no, no fighting the entire time through. That's true. I I avoided that that main combat that would have happened. <laughs> yeah, that uh, you know, I was I was all like ready jumping for off it. the balcony. Yeah, I was ready yeah, for it. I was I was ready for it too, and then I had I had that thought definitely. Well, and I think it helps but, um, it helped with the flow, I think. I think it would have bogged things down if we had to like stop and start rolling dice for stuff. And I think the way you guys handled it was was much more elegant than than just, you know, like, okay, we'll just, you know, murder our way through these guys. True. So, good on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I like changing things up every once in a while with, with my approaches. Mm-hmm. So And, and hats off yeah. to uh, Mark for his clever uh, way of uh, <laughs> running the, uh, the Inquisition out of town by uh, uh, putting on a disguise and, and, and basically returning. And he, he collected his own reward, the reward on his own money, so. Yeah, that's, that's a, you get an achievement for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, totally. I, oh, I, I would have yeah, shared the, yeah, was, I'll probably, sh- I'll be sharing the reward with you guys, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the bounty was on our That's heads true. too, so sure. <laughs> now, it's, but yeah, yeah, it's a little bit embarrassing first impressions about how much of this story I wrote like thirty seconds before we started because <laughs> I didn't have the Nations of Thea two book and oh. I didn't have the information on Starkburn. Okay, I knew they were going to Starkburn. I had this whole story planned out for like a little village called Starkburn, and then oh. I read the thing on Starkburn, and I'm like, it's the undead come out at night it's a walled city and like the crux of intrigue <laughs> and eisen and i'm like and this is gonna get changed massively so <laughs> right so no yeah i really had big retcon on that to one. like accommodate actual Starkburn for this and apologies if it came off as clunky no i think you, i think you did no, really no, well it worked it. really well okay yeah. it worked super well and and the thing is we've been to too many small cities so it would have been repetitive it kind of would have been yeah honestly yeah you're True. right about that yeah, I like that. You know, like you say, this this city had a different feel, you know, because you know because it does. It's it's a city that mm-hmm. shuts down at night and has the the mm-hmm. terrors outside the walls, and and that's that's part of its flavor. And so, you know what? What yeah. inadvertently was a godsend was the fact that Mateo had been here a couple days before because anything that I read Nathaniel. in the book, Nathaniel, Nathaniel. we're Nathaniel. bad. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> okay. So to preface this, we've been saying the wrong names <laughs> all two episodes. God, true. Horrible so yeah, yeah. Seriously. True. I'm just so turned around. We should wear name tags. So, <laughs> right. But, but Nathaniel had been there a few days yes. before. Mm-hmm. Mateo had been there several years ago. Yes. But since he was a rock through most of the game, it didn't really help. <laughs> True. But it was great because any information like that I read about Stockburn in the book that I wanted to convey, I just said, oh, yeah, you knew this from last time you were there. So right. 
like it was a great yeah. way to kind of like it was helpful slide in reminders and stuff like that not that i need to because mark is <laughs> actually pretty familiar with this stuff to begin with so but yeah it's yeah. it was it was really helpful actually more so than i thought yeah Good. No, it was good. Uh, let's go first impressions. Let's start with Mark. I loved Mark, it. Mark, what do you think? I loved it. It had everything uh, I was looking for. Um, you know, you like you say, you brought a lot from the from the actual Seventh uh, Sea lore. Uh, you know, having having that, like we say, it, it fleshed out the the con- the city into something that was you know it had a very distinct, unique flavor. You know, without having to work at creating a, a distinct flavor. Um, you know the the monsters outside the wall had nothing to do with really what you were the plot that you had designed, but that gave me something to work with when I went in and and was sending the Inquisition off. You mm-hmm. know they're they're conspiring with the devils outside the walls. You know absolutely and that, that added to it and you know it gives me something to work with and as a player mm-hmm. as well. So the context gave you believability. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um, but, and then the people you brought in, um, you know, Greta is a great character. I, I can't wait to find <laughs> out. I can't wait to get, find out more about her and, and run mm-hmm. into her some more. Um, you know, I really love seeing people, you know, I, I, I kind of brought in some people from, uh, Nathaniel's past, but it, fantastic. Let's bring some people from Mateo's past now. And yeah, you like that? You know, oh, absolutely. thank God. I was, yes. That had me so nervous, mainly because I felt really awkward, like, pulling Mateo stuff out during a game I'm running. It just felt kind of self-serving, and I wanted to kind of establish it, but I was having a hard time getting in on a game where I was playing Mateo, because, I don't know, for whatever reason, I was just failing at that. But, like, I I, I felt guilty putting it in on this one, and because I was running it, and just, so I'm glad no. to hear it wasn't horrible. I think it was well done, because she was she was an NPC through the thing. And then just, it was at the very end that we found out the connection. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. It wasn't, I didn't feel self-serving at all. It wasn't part of the main plot. If you would yeah. have mentioned, is, is what we're saying. If you would have mentioned the name Mateo in front of her, things would have gone a completely different direction. Like I've got that kind of like <laughs> that, like yeah. planned out, Good. but thankfully it didn't, but Oh my God, it was Good crazy. Point. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, and yeah, it was good. And I, I you know, I, you brought back Santiago too. You're you're tying things in. Um, mm-hmm. I forgot about that. That literally just happened, and I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know that that's a fantastic uh, reveal. I was um, contemplating like actually having him show up and like you know be unmasked in person, but the way between the way the story played out. Um, mm-hmm. One of the options I had for this was a big showdown at the bakery with the Inquisition, and if that had happened, I think I would have had like you know Santiago make an appearance. But yeah. I didn't. I didn't mm-hmm. want to be forced, and and the way it panned out ended up being much better, so yes. much smoother for flow. Yes, and right, and it adds adds suspense as well. Yeah, which is yeah, good. and Drogon too. I I, I kind of feel like you know there hasn't there you know there's been a lot of nemesises. Mm-hmm. Um, but there hasn't really been one for Nathaniel, and I kind of feel like he's he might become Nathaniel's nemesis. I was trying future. to work that. Yeah, in fact, when yeah. I was doing this whole thing, mm-hmm. I saw this as being actually kind of more of a Nathaniel adventure. And it was yeah. kind of weird. When we started playing it, Nathaniel ended up like being more backseatish or like like not like 
the way it played out, that didn't happen. But I'm glad that you recognize that Drogon is definitely going to be somebody who's got a uh, got it in for Nathaniel in the future. Oh like, yeah, those two are, yeah. And he may not. He, and he, the fun thing is, as a rival, he's definitely not as skilled as Nathaniel is. Like he's yeah. not uber spy and nathaniel's more uber spy but he's kind of like a clumpy a clunky adversary which which i kind of like the concept of it's like mismatched yeah yeah very interesting so he could show up and and he's never going to be a villain like an arch villain but he could like you know get in your way in in some you know various (laughs) manner sure be be the annoying adversary yes the the henchman absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah 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 yeah, completely Mm -hmm. good but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I liked it. Um, the story flowed very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, the pacing was really nice too, oh, good. which is which is hard to do sometimes. Yeah, but but you did a you did a good job of it. I, I always try to keep it moving without making it feel rushed, and it's it's such a kind of a tough line to mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I have to ask, mm-hmm. what was watching us from outside the walls? Uh, that was Drogon. Drogon has been following you for a while. Um, okay. he he was following you actually all the way from the get go, um, and uh, or or from back in the other uh, city, and or mm-hmm. you know, and and he had been well, without going too much into weirdness, he was actually being played by uh, uh, the Well Witch as well. Uh, the Well Witch told him where to find mm-hmm. you initially, and ah. um, so she was the Well Witch was actually playing four different groups against each other, and mm. kind of uh, met her obligation for all of them at the same time like drogan uh through back channels knew her under a different name um not the well witch not the librarian but something else entirely like the archivist or something mm. and and mm-hmm. and was used to like uh dealing with her to get information that he sold as a freelance spy okay so when um he found out that the inquisition was looking for you guys he went and made a deal gave her some books and got information about where you were and that's what put him on your scent initially, and he was following you all the way to Stockburn. Interesting. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Greta, um, Greta's deal was to get rid of the Inquisition, and she kind of, uh, the, the witch did that too, because uh, she sent you guys to Greta, who got rid of the Inquisition for. So indirectly... You, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well... She was being influenced by the, the witch as well. Yeah. Huh. Ideally, the point was that... Like the witch was supposed to have been pulling the scenes on all of this stuff, but I'm not sure how apparent that was. So yeah, okay. yeah, no. Um, but yeah, let's go to the ga- the game side of things. How do you, how do you think we did uh, as far as you know mechanics, following Ooh. character paths, stuff like that? What do you think? I tried to be a little bit more kind of by the bookish as far as like, okay, this is a dramatic scene. What are you going to roll for? Like, I tried to kind of like. Uh, be a little bit more seven C about that. Um, I think in the past I've been a little bit cavalier. So did did you guys think it worked well? Did you like having to kind of decide what your approach was and, and, and play it by what Mm -hmm. you picked or yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. That's, that's also something I've been trying to do with my home game here with seventh C is, um, is kind of like, how do you want to spend your raises instead of just saying, here's the situation go. Mm Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, I asked the specific questions of what's your approach? How do you want to spend your raises mm-hmm. and stuff like that? Just to get it, get things going a little more smoothly. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was really good. Um, I think, and, and I didn't miss this last time I gamed, I, I ran as well. I think, uh, you know, kind of the next step in this is being a little clear on what the risks are, what mm. things can go yeah. wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, at least, you know, a couple things that could, you know, can do that. And then, 
uh, opportunities, consequences. Yeah. Uh, ri- the the risks. Yeah. Those, yeah. those individual um, aspects. Yeah. Just, just give give a couple of those uh, to uh, to think about. Um, and then, of course, you know, obviously, we can still build on that with our own stuff and and go from mm-hmm. there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Influence those things with our different advantages and yeah and and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the way the way we're used to running it. Kind of going back to um, the last talk show we did, mm. uh, seemed seems a little sandboxy as <laughs> rather than railroady, you know, as far as the mechanics go. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, we've been doing it like that for for mm. ever, you know. Right, <laughs> but, but but you know, I really yeah. loved the way that you know we're because we're approaching the whole scene now. We're not approaching specific actions. I really, right. I mm-hmm. really felt really good about that, and it felt. It felt, it yeah. felt like it actually flowed more because then you can focus on the scene and not specific things. The overall episode, exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. No, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we move from scene to scene instead of taking the episode episode in bulk, or yeah. you know, or, or kind of micromanaging each each action. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't. It's not like okay, you're trying to pick mm-hmm. a pocket. Roll your pickpockets. Roll. Right. That fails. Right. Yeah, it's not yeah. like skill checks. It's it's mm-hmm. like, you know, scene checks. Yes. More yeah, exactly. No, yeah, definitely. Exactly. No, I, I know I know what you mean, definitely. Yeah, so that was yeah, really well done. Much agreed. Much. Agreed. But yeah, I liked it. I, I look forward to, to seeing, you know, how, you know, I take take the story <laughs> and, and run with it and, and see how um you know, so how, how you guys react to, to that stuff. True. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about about seeing how the story progresses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like I think I, I like to see. I, I I feel like it is progressing. I feel like we're we're heading towards something big, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, we've got more of an arc going this time than we have in the past, which is something we mm-hmm. were looking for. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. I do like to see. I'm dying to see how it all gets pulled together. Um, and and yeah, and it's interesting because I. I I wasn't like, I don't have an idea. I don't know how this is actually going to wind down. Um, but I, <laughs> I don't know if I any had... of us do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but I no, knew I was sort of like, do. okay, I've got to make progress in this direction for this story. So I start throwing yeah. things out there and now I feel like kind of a jerk because it's like, okay, you guys have to explain the rest of it, but, <laughs> but we'll see. Like, <laughs> no, but that, that's, that's kind of part of the whole round Robin GM experience. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. You mm-hmm. take the story to a certain point. The next person takes that point and all the details that you just laid out and progress it from there yeah. you know that's that's kind of you know the point of being a, a collaborative gm experience the other shall right. i say yeah the other side of that coin is you're giving us uh story hooks you're giving us tools for us to kind of piece together and and work with to uh to take the next step yeah mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent, absolutely but yeah uh do we have anything else on uh, on this these two episodes, I'm good. But I think we covered think most it, yeah. of everything. Mm-hmm. Awesome, but yeah, since we don't have anything else, that'll be it for this segment of RPG Reflection. And, and dead air. Like, what are we like? Actually, waiting for an RPG reflection to run here. What's the deal? I was hoping. <laughs> no, no. I, I forgot what I. I forgot what we talked about. I don't know. Terrible movies that would have been excellent RPG sessions. 
Oh, so Steve's taking this okay. topic. I will be happy to. Yeah. Okay. okay. Take the topic, Steve. <laughs> the main topic I don't week. know what this episode is anymore. <laughs> the main topic this week. We're 18 minutes and 44 seconds in, and I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Thank okay. God we're not recording this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, the main topic this week is... Okay, terrible movies. This is this comes from a Reddit post that we're we're kind of like got us talking. So terrible <laughs> movies that would have been excellent RPG sessions. So everyone's seen a movie where you think, okay, that that feels like you know a, a, a an RPG party. Like, oh, I see. You've got your kind of classes covered. There's no, that's the healer. That's the the wizard. That's the fighter. <laughs> or if it's something more modern, you know, it would kind of fit into an espionage type game. But, you know, all these different genres of RPGs it could be. But but basically, any any movie mm-hmm. where the dynamics of the main characters feels like an RPG party is sort of what we're zooming in on. And and the, the original post talked about terrible movies, but I think we should open that up to be just any movie. Any movie. Any movie that feels hmm. like it's it's actually five guys sitting around a table trying to, you know, either one-up each other or <laughs> whatever, playing an RPG <laughs> right. with these characters. Well, um, let's, I, let's throw some TV shows in there, too. Oh, of course. Because, Absolutely. You know, the, well, they, they go hand in hand. Well, we talked about this a little bit uh, the other show when we talked about uh, Alan Barr's project Beach Patrol. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was kind of took a, a, a bad TV show, but made a, you know, I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic role playing game mm-hmm. um, out of it. Mark, Mark, Beach Patrol is an amazing television show already. <laughs> This Fair from, enough. <laughs> this from the guy who liked the first season of Iron Fist. So, <laughs> <laughs> so <Good point. laughs> I will. You I, had to throw that in there. So you <laughs> couldn't resist. Well, you couldn't. I gotta say, okay. So, Mark, of, of the modern espionage spy movies that are out now, can you think of any that would make a uh, would have made a great top secret episode or a uh, uh, campaign? Um. You know, I think I, I think the best thing to do is you know you can take bits and pieces from just about anything, um, but oh. you know the first one obviously the, the, the king of uh, espionage right now is the Mission Impossible movies. Yes, and mm-hmm. um, those I think are a little bit tricky because um, you know you're really relying on the characters to come up with the interesting solution, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to something that that's more, uh, you know, problem oriented that the characters have to solve. Well, the way I see this particular thing breaking down is everybody sitting around the table playing the MI five or the, the mission impossible game. Like mm-hmm. whoever's running Ethan's character is clearly a power gamer. Okay. Like that's sort of exactly. the deal is they had a nice story set out with like pieces for everybody, but like the Ethan guy was just like, <laughs> Nope, I'm doing all of it. <laughs> so, good point. Very good point. Yes. Right. Uh, that'd be so um, funny. <clears throat> something, something that comes to mind, um, you know, is, is on the action movie side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, something like, uh, a, a party of, Murder hobos playing the Expendables. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Actually, you're sure. right. That's absolutely it. It's yeah. like eight guys, a lot of Mountain Dew, and <laughs> like <laughs> charisma dump stats running around with the biggest guns. Exactly. Like more guns than their encumbrance allows. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Are we but... talking about that again today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but actually, the the one that came to my mind as I was reading this was uh, Wild Wild West. 
Oh, yeah, I can kind you of know, see that. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, you had a great villain. You had this this interesting thing. The writing was iffy. The the acting was had it was spotty. Mm-hmm. But you had, but you know, if you go in there with uh, actual players diving at that, uh, diving in that world, diving into that plot line, uh, mm-hmm. that would be a fantastic role playing experience. I would believe. Well, oh yeah. You know, by that logic, maybe the movie itself could have been saved if they had better players. Because, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's face it, if your issues are basically like the dialogue and the way that people like re- like reacted to the certain circumstances, then yeah, that that's on them. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, another thing that comes to mind, is, you know, along the same lines as the Expendables, more or less. Uh, I don't remember what the first movie but they were a bunch of spinoff movies um the hateful eight okay the mm-hmm. the western movie yeah yeah mm-hmm. the, i don't remember which there was like the it was a tarantino right yeah 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 but they made like three different comedy spinoff movies off of that oh yeah oh god there was like an adam sandler one and yeah yeah i don't remember like the hateful eight could be one of those but I don't, I don't remember what the first one was. <laughs> oh, wow. No, I, um, but I, yeah. I, yeah, I think the Hateful Eight is where it, was, it started. But yeah, yeah. It was Sam Jackson and... Um, Hang on, just Matt. I lost my headset. Oh, no. Mark lost his headset. I lost my hearing. Hang on, just a second. Can't pause. <laughs> you, can just, you can just keep rolling. Okay. Um, but yeah, th- that, that movie... Because it's got a good kind of party dynamic, mm-hmm. and it's got like, you know, everybody working together, you know, to the ultimate end goal. So yeah, it's it, you know, and and the uh, the characters seemed uh, individual enough well, that they uh, that they could be portrayed by a different person at the table. Right. Well, I think what would make like a, you know a good RPG game. Uh, from a movie as opposed to just like, like the Expendables where basically everybody's playing the same character is like the big difference is party roles, I think. And you've got a movie mm-hmm. where the individual people in the ensemble cast actually have like distinguished and developed roles from each other. Like that's like, I think that's what, what would make it a good D and D session mm-hmm. or a good RPG session. So like my, okay, I'm I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> bring up mystery men, which I love dearly and the rest of the world hates. And <laughs> There we go. Okay. Welcome back. Welcome back, Mark. We've been we've been talking a little bit, but that's fine. <laughs> um, uh, Mystery Men. Um, have you seen it? That was another one that came that uh, I was ta- thinking about. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. See, yes, I think like Mystery Men would be an ideal RPG campaign because a no one's OP. Okay. <laughs> and. To uh, like everyone's got distinguished roles. Like like it's like you've got like you know your your crazy rage berserker guy and Mister Furious, <laughs> and you've got you know like your I'm gonna I'm gonna assume the spleen is basically a caster, and mm-hmm. I, I mean, you could like go down the list and like like check off like all these boxes. Like you know, let's face it, the shoveler's a paladin, and <laughs> it's it's just really cool. Like the way the characters bounce off each other. Um, but, but they feel different from each other as opposed to something where everybody's just an awesome fighting machine. So mm-hmm. I heart mystery men. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, Le- league of extraordinary gentlemen. Hmm. That was a terrible movie. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think that could make a, 
a good RPG. That's been you know? so long ago. I'm hurting my head to remember who was in it. But yeah, Sean, <laughs> Sean Connery. Connery. Okay, that's yeah. all I got. Um, that's that's all you need to know. <laughs> I think really. <laughs> That'd oh, be a good man. one. See, if they had a Highlander movie that had more than one Highlander, you could probably make that work. But I don't know what else is there. Okay, well, how about this? Um, okay, Rogue uh, Rogue Rogue One. Rogue One. Yeah. I think like that felt like all the people in that group each had like a different skill set and they were like, skills, yeah. yeah, you've got like your thief, you've got your scoundrel. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like a D and D session just gone nuts. Mm-hmm. True. No, that's fair. That, yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Okay. Here's, here's one. Here's one. The fifth element. Yeah. You've got the badass. Blink, blink. Yeah, you do. You've, mm-hmm. you've got amnesia girl. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> because somebody has to have amnesia at the beginning of the session. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you've got, um, was it Chris Tucker's uh, um, character? True. I don't know what the role for that is. <laughs> <laughs> Mateo, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah, he's the Mateo. He's Mateo. No, but. but well, I, yeah. I think the challenge with that is kind of like, yeah, you know, we talked about the original indiana jones game you know you got, you got the one play person who has the badass character and and then everybody else is short round and yeah you need yeah, you need you to know. have an ensemble to be like an actual like D type movie so like yeah. avengers yes thor no <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah true 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 hmm let's see Wow, what else is there? Uh, okay, sci-fi. TV, let's go to TV shows. TV shows. Let's go to TV, TV shows, shows. Okay, for a minute. Go for it. What do you got? Maybe we'll come back to movies. Um, something I've been watching for a while mm-hmm. that I'm also thinking about doing as a one shot for my group here is uh, something like American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. Okay. So kind of like a thriller, and I've got I've got Dread, which is like the perfect system for you know like a a horror thriller kind of you know real people in this situation um you know not having many special skills right um going against something horrific a villain something like that well and as as an anthology show like you could do any kind of setting you wanted and still not be too far out from the realm of uh, the premise of the show so exactly. And, and the thing is with, with dread, it's all one shots because most people die at the end anyways. Oh, well, there and you so go. it's like, Hey, you know, we could have an anthology series of one shots in dread mm-hmm. you know, that are horror themed, you know? Yeah. Makes sense. But, um, um, has anyone yeah. seen the librarians? I think I watched the first episode of that, but yeah, that's... I haven't. Okay. It's, it's a, a little bit of a corny, uh, network show, but basically it's about, like four guys that are, they run around from this, this kind of mythical library where they collect artifacts and bring them back to the art, the library. And the artifacts are all things out of like legend and lore, like Pandora's box or, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. like kind of myth, mythical things, but like all of them have kind of weird powers ish, not like really supernatural powers, but they definitely like really play up their, like they're almost a character, a caricature of character classes themselves. So like, there's yeah. a guy who's a thief and he's like a kleptomaniac and he's always hyped up and he's obviously a thief. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm a thief. I steal stuff all day long. That's what I do. I'm a thief. <laughs> so like, you know, like they, they definitely have nailed like individual roles. Like they're, you know, bruiser guys, a bruiser and 
and they they do feel really like kind of like I do feel like they they feel like character sheets basically. You could totally yeah. see these guys like going out and and you know okay that's what you're you know you're a level seven you know uh, yeah wizard or whatever yeah so I remember the one episode I watched I, I immediately thought you know there's got to be a a d20 version of this somewhere mm-hmm. yeah right yeah I'm sure same with uh, warehouse thirteen is another one that was along that same line. yes nearly identical okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That was one of my favorites. That yeah, was one of my favorites. That, I too. caught it when it was on Netflix for a very short time. I don't know why they took it off. Yeah. But if, it was on Netflix. That and something like Eureka. Yep. Yeah. If you yeah. saw Eureka. Yeah. Those are kind of the same on the same lines of, yeah. of you know, the same True. kind of stories. If Warehouse thirteen had twice as many lead characters, it would be librarians. So yeah, it's it's pretty yeah. much Fair. the same show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well I'm gonna go off on on, on a limb here. What about Ooh, Gilligan's names. Island? Oh no! Huh. Okay, yeah. Hmm. It, a dibs on the go, professor. Yeah, <laughs> going for a different genre here. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I could true. see it. I mean, they definitely have distinguished roles. The problem is mm-hmm. in Gilligan's Island, and maybe this is like the same problem with a, a horrible D and D night. A lot of people don't contribute. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> true. Like, Let's face it, you don't really need the millionaire, his wife, and Ginger on that island. <laughs> <laughs> True. Oh, True. man. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. But now the, but yeah, the other, could, the other question is, are you, playing, work. are you playing the same characters, or are you playing some... Are you making your own characters within that genre? I think it could work as either. True. Just because... You know, it's 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 an ensemble cast. It's not like right, like uh, Mission Impossible where there's Ethan and you know side characters. Yeah, yeah. You know, Mission or Impossible. I'd go. I'd go more TV series, which was very ensemble. Yeah, right. that makes sense. Yeah, actually, yeah. that makes yeah, a lot fair. more sense. Yeah. Um, something kind of two sides of the same coin. Um, something like um, Agents of Shield or Legends of Tomorrow. Okay. Hmm. Yep. You yeah. Know, co- kind of go the more human humans, no special powers. Well, with the exception of a few, mm-hmm. um, or doing the everybody has superpowers and and we're just saving the world. True. Kind of thing. Yeah. You no, know, I very agree. ensemble Both cast. Those... Everybody has their own individual kind of special skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are both excellent examples of of definitely like RPG character shows. So. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 Oh, yeah, um, something like Agents of Shield would be interesting just because it would it would kind of have that slight espionage side of things mm-hmm. um with with Coulson and everything like that. Yeah. Um you know, secrets and and uh you know, not everybody knows what's going on or it would make an interesting setting, I think. I really love Agents of Shield. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> Can't put that out there enough. That needs to be underlined. Yeah. Oh my absolutely. god. Okay, I'm gonna throw the slow pitch out there because it's the obvious one. But Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. But I mean, Game of Thrones is already an RPG. Well, it's got an RPG for it, but I mean, and I guess you know maybe not, just because Game of Thrones also tends to bounce all over the place. It doesn't focus on a core group of, of right. It's very political. Thing. Everybody working against Crap, each right. other as opposed to a a core team i'm sure i'm yeah if if we take it to the local side yeah. of things you mm-hmm. know go from a, a single 
um, you know, just go from a single town, you know, yeah. go from the Lannisters or go from the Starks. Maybe or... just one throne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but yeah, throne. like focusing on one aspect of it and then the outside factions, houses are NPCs. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that. Would, that would work. Yeah. That, that could yeah. work. Definitely. A lot of the characters would, would, you know, a lot of the players wouldn't have a lot of stuff to do from the, the Stark household. Yep, yep. Like second <laughs> session. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, if you want a good Star Wars one, um, did anyone watch Star Wars Rebels? Hmm. I didn't. Were they animated series? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I no, I didn't get a chance. It totally felt like a Star Wars party. Like, you know, you've got one guy who put a few points in force points, but not enough to actually be a Jedi. And you've got like, <laughs> you know, somebody went all in on demolitions and, you know, like the pilot. And yeah, it, it does like you could totally see die six character sheets mm. for everybody in that show. So that definitely feels like a party, nice. a party. Show. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, speak, speaking of Star Wars, we're kind of going off topic here, but um, I. I might have heard incorrectly, but are they making a Mandalorian TV movie? show? Isn't it? Yeah, they just they just show? dropped a uh, trailer for it. I think trailer for it. That's what I was thinking. Okay, I didn't know. I couldn't remember if it was a movie or a TV show. Live Is it going to be another animated one? I believe. Live action. Action. Ooh, yeah. I've not heard anything about this. Okay. Yeah, very cool. You'll have to, we'll have to check it out yes. at, at the end of the the podcast here. But absolutely. Although, yeah. if you've got a whole show about Mandalorians, everyone's <laughs> rolling warriors. I think so. I think it's the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's about a Mandalorian. So I believe. Oh, okay, so. yeah, gotcha. Fair. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> I'll watch it. Anyways, continue, let's continue. <laughs> Slightly off topic. There we go. There we There's go. the tangent yeah. for the uh, for the episode. No problem. <laughs> well, um, sticking sticking uh, with the horrible. Like, what's the worst? movie you can think of like if you went the horrible angle what's the worst one that still feels like a D game that's a real good question i i will say this the actual D movie doesn't feel yeah. like a D party like <laughs> i don't think that one actually applies at all like yeah no it doesn't it doesn't really apply yeah yeah I it mean, seems to just have the name you've got like a guy who says he's a thief and then a lot of people that don't really feel like anything like unless you're playing like right. way old D and D, I don't think dwarf no. is a class. So <laughs> it's like no, no, uh-uh. uh, I don't know. Yeah, that oh, one, man. that one completely missed on all levels. And I like horrible movies. Hell, I even like mm-hmm. that movie to an extent, but not <laughs> because of anything to do with D and D. So I think we covered yeah. all of all of those bases of the the horrible movies that. <laughs> We kind of started off the topic with our horrible movies. True. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I think that's it. Yeah, Fair I think enough. that's all I yeah, can I'm... think of. And then and then we've got, of course, you know the 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 best example of uh, of Stranger Things. But yeah, yeah, that's fair. I think Stranger Stranger Things works True. nicely in that. Well, of course, it's it's pretty much D and D the. <laughs> the tv show <laughs> yeah 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 it is but yeah all righty next topic next topic mark you get to take this topic which one you're just you're just dumping it all on mark today aren't you 
<laughs> yep. Yep. Go, Mark. The, the, se- the seventh scene, oh, one, Mark. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so before we go off in any other tangents, um, mm-hmm. since we just finished the uh, RPG reflection, I want to this. To, I was want this to tie to that. So that's why I wanted to make sure we did the RPG oh, reflection okay. just before we started this. We okay. I ran across a list of um, for uh, game master advice for uh, game masters, and I just thought uh, it would be fun to go over and um, what we agree with, what we disagree with. I know we've talked about seven C all the time, but uh, just want to stick with that for a few more minutes here. Nah. Um, and just uh, <laughs> you know, talk about what we you know what we agree with, what we disagree with. And maybe a little bit about why we like 7C. I think, uh, you know, we've kind of been with this for a couple of years now. Um, and uh, just just kind of see how we've, we've kind of evolved as players, too. Um, so, should we just, uh, you want me to just kind of read through the, the points one by one and talk about them individually? Yeah, sure. yeah let's yeah. go with that. Are you there? Did I lose you? Yeah. You can you not hear us? Yeah, we're here. No. You can't hear us. You can't hear us. You can't, you can't hear us. We can hear you. Hold on. <sighs> okay. Technical. I can't pause. hear you. Hang on. Yes. Another t- Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We apologize for Marcus <laughs> having some technical difficulties. Uh, this is where this is where you put the picture of the <laughs> on the test pattern. Okay, and, now I got you. He came back for that. Okay, cool. <laughs> he came back for the best part. Uh, <laughs> <figures>. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> all right, but yes, yes. Let's let's just go uh, go down okay, the list, perfect. and we'll talk about each point. Is perfect. what we said when okay. you couldn't hear us. Yes, God, it's one of those so. days. <laughs> all right. So let's see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the first one is don't be afraid to let the heroes succeed at things. Which, yeah. Of, of course I agree with this because that's the whole point of being right. heroes. <laughs> you know, you have to succeed at, at, at your goals. Um, to, to yeah. And I think that's one of the things about uh, 7C specific is, you know, it's a, it's a heroic game. Your characters are, um, you know, it's not like paranoia or, Something with you know darker that you know is is, is that kind of day, game. It's a it's a game where you want your heroes to be doing outlandish things and swinging from chandeliers and doing swashbuckly things, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Exactly. And with Seven C, I think the big distinction on Seven C is from mm-hmm. the get go. Like you really don't want to like like. In, in a lot of games, it's like, no, okay, you're level one, you start off, let's go fight some rats, blah, blah, blah. No, 7C mm-hmm. is scaled to be, like, global. Like, if you play through the tutorial thing, you're going to be yeah. saving a country. I mean, that's what Urban's Cross was, basically. So, uh, they it, it, <laughs> expect to be playing on a really large yeah. scale right out of the I gate. Agree. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, second one. Uh, if you can't think of at least two consequences, including wounds, then it isn't a risk. Um, yeah. That's and fair. I, that is yeah, I like fair that. because, um, you know, if, if you don't have all of these things, consequences, opportunities, it, it's not worth going into right, a sequence. Right. For. Um, and then you can, you can easily manage doing that 
outside of a sequence. Sure. And, and, and that's like one of the that. things so, I yeah. like about 7C is you don't roll for exposition. You know, um, Steve's game, you had the, no. the wanted posters. You, you don't, you didn't roll to notice those. If it was important to the story, which it was, we noticed it. If, if it's not mm-hmm. important to the story, you know, we'll be surprised exactly. later. It's, it's based on the narrative, not, <laughs> you know, not that. Um, right. When you're, not when you're rolling story. dice, yes. it's because there's a chance of consequences. And, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, we just discussed, I think, during the, uh, the reflection that I think, you know, we can be better about spelling this out ahead of time, but I think that, uh, that is something that, that we're, we've all been pretty good about, about thinking about what the consequences are. Uh, going into it. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, 100%. Brute squads are not supposed to be a challenge, but a speed bump or an obstacle. Yeah, that's something yeah. we've talked about yeah, since I day one, I think. Uh, yeah, that's very mm-hmm. true. Um, you know, they're, they're fun, too, for large-scale, um, kind of epic-looking adventures. But yeah, eventually, essentially, mm-hmm. they're not going to be uh, much of a hindrance. Um, even remotely powerful characters will be killing sure. 10 per turn. So like, I mean, don't, don't <laughs> assume that that's like, if you want something to actually worry players, yeah, yeah. get something else. Because... Get a villain. Exactly. Get a, get a villain. Um, of course. Yeah. yeah. No, because, yeah. because brute squads are like a sure. nar- a narrative sure. tool almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, they, they give the villain a chance to escape or, um, you know, they, they distract they they should distract you from maybe something important. Hmm. Um, you know, and that, I think brute squads are an opportunity for the characters to show off, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Flex their muscle. And, yeah. And, and I, I think that's something yeah. that, uh, when you're fighting a brute squad, let the characters really describe how they're doing it. How, you know, let them play, you know, this is when they're, they're, knocking bodies left and right let them enjoy that and let them yeah you know let them build that uh imagery let them buckle yeah, them swatches. yeah. yes <laughs> buckle them swatches um yep action exactly. sequences are things that happen to keep you from your ob- objective that seems kind of obvious um yeah mm-hmm. i mean like i said a, a distraction from something yes. you need to pay attention to well, and to also interject some excitement from time to time. Like, if you've got uh, an exposition-heavy story, you know, you don't literally just want to be digging through books all day. You know, it's it's it does right. Uh, like, it does well, change yeah. the pace. And of you know, as we said, brute squads aren't really uh, much of a challenge. An action sequence is probably where you want to try and build more uh, more tension. Um, you know, like you say, you throw a villain at him, mm-hmm. or you throw an action sequence. Uh, those are the things yeah. that, that are really kind of right. creating the, the excitement in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is dramatic sequences work best with a good countdown. Um, yeah. Do you countdown? get what that means? Yeah. 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 yeah this run is, this by um, me. I think the example in the book is, uh, your, um, that's an action sequence, but yeah, something is going to happen in a certain amount of time, unless you work through a, a problem or work, 
with a time with a time yes. with a time um we haven't really used yeah, this yeah. much okay. yeah. um i would uh i could i i see the point i think that 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 adds some some tension to the dramatic sequence but uh i think mm-hmm. uh, you know dramatic sequences aren't necessarily the same as action sequences i, th- I think that kind of makes a dramatic sequence a little bit more of an action sequence um so right. um uh yes they might work they they might work really well with that but i don't think it's absolutely necessary does that make sense yes okay. i'd agree with that but it is it is a good tool actually yeah. like time limiting stuff and this is actually true of any rpg basically if you give mm. players no clock yeah they'll they'll they can spend all day turning over a room until they eventually absolutely. find the whatever but you know if suddenly it's mm-hmm. like no there's someone coming up the stairs you've got to turn what do you want to do their yeah. action matters at that point like yes. you know right mm-hmm. what they do mm-hmm. is crucial yeah yeah no absolutely and i that that's that's not just the case with 7c that's that's the case with you know any scene mm-hmm. in in a game is yeah. giving it a countdown adds that suspense and and adds a uh you know it, it you know, it it helps with pace as well. You know, it, it so they're not here working through a, a scene in an hour trying to find something. Well, maybe take that Very down to point. ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. mm-hmm. you know, so so you kind of you know wrangle everybody back in and go, hey, we can't spend spend all session on this. Let's uh, yeah. let's keep going well and this, this actually ties into what mark mentioned earlier is if it's important to the the narrative just put it in there don't make them fight for mm-hmm. like okay is there a note on the desk that they need to figure out where to go next then just tell them you walk in you and a quick glance at the room shows that there's a letter that has important information on it don't make them roll dice to notice something that's obvious that needs to be, be obvious, obvious. <laughs> yes. yeah right yeah exactly yeah yeah um, yeah that that would be told in in your opportunities I would say, you know, if, if it was something crucial to, if it's the, crucial to the, the story, story, give it to them. Um, I think, I think the opportunities are more yeah, exactly. little extras. You know, the, I, I find a note that says you have to get to True. the villains. Um, you, you have to find the villains lair is different than finding the directions to the villains lair. That's going to make that easier. You know what I mean? Fair. Yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. Uh, next one. When in doubt, spend a danger point. Uh, I think this is... Which is something we I, don't do enough. But, yeah, yeah probably not. But, I but yeah, I, you know, thinking of the times when you do, and I, you know, set, I say to you, oh, I've spent a danger point, you have to get uh, uh, 15 now instead of 10. You know, instead that 10, is a, yeah, that's exactly. a jump. That, that, you know, that really throws the tension in there. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a biggie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, remember Flare. In fact, I like that uh, one. charge one of the players with reminding the others. It gives rules lawyers something constructive to do. That's nice. <laughs> um, yes, I agree with that. <laughs> I, you know, I think, again, it's something that we, it's yeah. easy to forget the Flare. And, uh, and for, for those of you that don't know, Flare is the uh, extra guy for no, the first time you do something. That's, uh, uh, I don't remember what that's called, but Flare is actually yeah. where you describe the, uh, the action so, so flamboyantly and, and descriptively that, the, that you get an additional die in addition to the first time die. 
<laughs> See, I have a problem with this one just because I don't like to talk about my Yeah, you know, I understand. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was what yeah, Claire was no. called. Hmm. No, you should, you know, you could, if it's the first I'll time, have you to should look be getting my book, two additional <laughs> dies. One for uh, describing the action and one for uh, the first time you do it. Um, now, the uh, mm-hmm. I, I find this a little bit of a challenge because you're... You're, you're describing something and then you're spending your actions doing it. You know, there's a little bit of a disconnect there in terms of, you know, you're going into too much detail. And then when you get to spending your point, things have changed and you're, <laughs> yeah. Um, you don't but yeah, actually I do, do agree that. that no, exactly. uh, you do want to encourage your players to be describing what they're doing in a swashbuckly visual way. Cause that's part of what this game's all about. Yeah. Um, next one. Keep the hero right. points flowing. Agreed. And yeah, 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 yeah. Um, hero points yes. are mm-hmm. what allow yeah. your characters to do all their cool stuff. Their uh, um, magic, their um, special abilities, uh, their um, arcana. Um, so you want the characters to have hero points all the time. Uh, the best way to do that, buy those extra dice. You know, and, and the characters can't spend it if the game master isn't yeah. giving it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the game master has to, has to give the care, give exactly. the points as much as he can. Otherwise, if, if, if they're very rarely given, you're going to hoard them. And that's not doing anybody any good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, because your your character, your hero, isn't able to yes. do the things that they're yes. best at because they don't have hero points to do them. Yeah, all the so. all the stuff that makes your your characters mm-hmm. unique, like you know that you sat down and planned out when you made your character in the first place, um, runs on right. hero points. So yeah, it really is just sort of mojo. And I, yeah, I think the more people yeah. are using them, the more dynamic um, the the story next, gets. Encourage the players to describe their actions. They spent the raise. What does it look like? Um, and I, yeah, I agree with that too. I think, uh, you know, we kind of discussed that already, but, um, this is, this is a game of swashbuckly flashy action. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and of course, back to my philosophy Mm -hmm. of, of, uh, collaborative narration. Yes. Yes. That fits right into there. <laughs> uh, the last point here is Definitely. don't be afraid to Agreed. introduce the villain early on. And I know I am very guilty of this. Um, <laughs> don't be afraid yeah, of not introducing not him introducing until, a villain until or the, introducing the, a villain. The climax, usually. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. so if we if we think back to our, our sessions... Um, what was it? Second, third episode we met Santiago. True. Well, it was early. It was early. Yeah, but like a lot of the other villains, like uh, Elsie and a few others, like you didn't have you know, like we haven't been fighting aside from Santiago. Well, and, we and the other thing for, is, like many sessions within the my campaign, campaign. I, I was prepared for you to kill Santiago, and you know when you didn't, it allowed us to use uh, mm-hmm. to use him mm-hmm. again. Um, Elsie. And right. thank God sure. we didn't, because, and, yeah, and he ended up being our, our big that, reoccurring uh, hook, so. You know, she got away, would, 
But Steve took it then. She got away. Yeah, She'll probably come back Steve later. took her then and killed her. But Except for she's fine. dead. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. That's right. She did. She did. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> I, forgot. I forgot about that. It's been a while since since we encountered that well i i think it's it's fair that what we need to work on is more maybe recurring villains like i i like or 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 foreshadowing that can be used by someone else to drop a villain like you Mm -hmm. know if you say hey you're being watched Mm -hmm. but you don't know by who and that never gets resolved in that session which you you did in your last game you introduced um, the the guy that uh ryan had the drinking contest with i'm blanking on his name right now but uh rogan yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was uh, a great Rogan. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to be better at that. that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that thing right there. So um that's that's pretty good. Um so that's this yeah, list. Absolutely. Well that that and we that and we um, Yes, yes, we hinted we introduced the, the Inquisition the, again. Santiago coming back. So they're they're kind of true. Yeah, they're kind of a villain very true. In themselves, within themselves, you know. Yeah. Because they work with the villain. So, what other stuff like that? What other yeah. things would we think about for a uh, you know game master advice type thing? Having both run and played this game several times. Um, definitely have a mm-hmm. good balance of action and dramatic sequences, because you don't want to have a campaign where it's all action sequences or all dramatic sequences, you know, balancing these out. That's is, a very good point. Makes I like that. The kind of game that it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I know we're, we're aiming this at game masters, but I guess game, you could, <laughs> for game masters, you could say find players who <laughs> have, have experience being game masters. Honestly, it like you want players and it's fine if they don't, but find players that are comfortable running a story or telling a story um, because like, or encourage or encourage them to be more narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Because if they're, if they've never played an RPG before and their first RPG is, is seven C mm-hmm. then it's going to be a little bit intimidating to say, okay, now at this point you need to entertain us at the table here by telling us what your character does do a good job. And like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I could see how, if you're like new to the whole concept, it'd be like, wait, yeah. what, what, hold on. Spotlight, right. stage fright, you know, there's a lot of <laughs> yeah. concerns there. So, so uh, I, I think I've talked about this in the past on the podcast here, but um, what I like to do with my groups is, you know, even if it's not a narrative heavy game for the players, um, I give them little things to narrate. So yes. it's like, hey, what is this building you're going to look like? Um, what what kind of city is this? You know, giving them those creative questions to make their brains right. and, think and like I a think GM uh, would. you know that's something yes. we talk about uh, at least with narration. In this game, that's uh, done a lot through the action, um, the action sequences, the action. You know how people are spending their their raises. Um, you know, it's kind of like yeah. in Cold Shadows, where when you get the uh, when you win the initiative, mm-hmm. you narrate what happens you you say what happens and i think that's the same thing here is when you spend a raise yeah you're spending that raise to say what happens yeah say what happens say how you influenced the story how say did what you, you do. change things yeah exactly um so yeah that's that's a very significant part of this game mm-hmm. i think 
Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> oh, it's a huge part of right. this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's in the rules of this game <laughs> that it's a part of this game. <laughs> mm. You know, definitely. Definitely. Steve, do you have anything uh, for for suggestions on, on different... Uh, different things okay. uh, you know um, i think i've covered all my points i don't know if i've got anything additional to toss out there but yeah mark do you yeah you uh kind of no I, th- I think i pretty much uh, agree with the, what we have here I think you what i would to like to to know is you know we've i know we've talked about this in the past but uh we've coming up on what two years of running this podcast now um so having having done this and having uh, yeah. played mm-hmm. together for this of, time and month, having kind of evolved as players and game masters. Um, I'd like to take a few minutes to say once again, what do we like about top about seven uh, C? What are what is our top uh, opinions or or feelings or see uh, of seven uh, C as a game? Cool. Okay, I can I can run with that. Basically, like the thing I like best about Seven C, as opposed to other RPGs, is it's more narrative focused and it's a shared narration. Um, like I love the fact that like as a player, like you know, usually it's either as a GM you're making the world and the players react, but in Seven C it's no. Like the players are also helping to make the world. So if there's something you like about your character you want to see happen, you can actually just narrate it you've got a lot more mm-hmm. control over mm-hmm. the flow of the story the pace of everything yeah. and your character itself like how you know the world reacts to you than you do in any other game mm-hmm. um or you know i'm I'm, i guess not any other i'm sure there's other shared narration games but this is the only any one i've played, played. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly and that's really that's why yeah. i keep going back to 7c is i love the fact that it's not as passive an experience for a player as other games mm-hmm. yeah oh, oh absolutely Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I agree with the shared narration. Um, it, it feels like you get to influence the world actually, instead of just going through a story, um, like you do in other, other systems. Okay. Um, cause it's like in, in most other systems, the GM narrates everything. Yeah. He tells you the story. You just yeah. kind of, oh yeah. Yeah. Roll dice and overcome the challenges. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Uh, you know, with this, you get to, mm-hmm. to, you know, you do get to influence the world. You get to say what happens. You get to, you get to do all of these things. Um, and, and one of the most important things that's built into the yeah. rules is you get to choose yeah. how your play, how your character fails. Yeah. And how they succeed. Absolutely. Which is more important than choosing how you succeed, which is. In my opinion, it's it's a great way yes. to de- to develop your character more than you would yeah, in, I agree with in that. most I, other games. And mm-hmm. I just like that it's it's a game that yeah. allows your character to do stuff. Um, you know, the the rules don't get in the way of you taking spectacular cinematic action uh, when you want to or when. Uh, you know, when you're doing things, you can, you can do it. Right. Um, and you know, the, you know, the, the complaint then is that, uh, yeah. you know, there's not the, uh, the risk, but I think, uh, like you said, the risk is more in making the right decisions than, uh, than not being able to perform what, uh, what you want to perform. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Exactly. Oh, of course. Absolutely. And and, and of course, yeah. you know, it doesn't need yeah. to be said, but I'm going to say it anyways. The the genre and the setting yes. is just phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's, that's a big part of, but it's, but it's so much more than pirates too. There's not a lot of really cool pirate specific RPGs and yeah, this is, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not, we've, we have, we've encountered pirates once maybe in our playthrough. So it's really not, not about pirates, but we've we've played it could be, it could be heavy, heavy pirates, all pirates all the time if you wanted it to be. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, a ton mm-hmm. of the countries yeah. we haven't even been to. Like, yeah, we're really, you know, scratching oh, the, tip of the iceberg here. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I look forward to to playing it for for many many yeah. years. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Very exciting. Of course, definitely. See where where these characters evolve in another year. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because because I think I think they've evolved tremendously. In, in the the two years we've had, maybe true. maybe that's true. maybe year and a half. It might not have been because we didn't we didn't start Flash yeah. Bash and Panache at the very beginning. Good point. So it's maybe about a bit about a year and a half, a little longer for we, for this campaign specifically. You know, we we counted the other day, and I think we've played like twelve sessions at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and really I mean, for only twelve sessions, our characters feel like they've been through so much. <laughs> So, yeah. 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 You, you know, it's been, but yeah. like, think in game time. How long do you think it's been? A while. About a year. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in a year of in game time, you know, these people have evolved. You know, yes. They've, they've grown closer to each other. <laughs> they've gotten to learn True. each other. They've, you know, <laughs> they, they, they're not surprised <laughs> when Nathaniel's gone all the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> I gotta say, Mateo's learned nothing. <laughs> Mateo's le- yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> let's let's cut back to the last scene we had with, yeah, with him yeah. showing up naked in the in the uh, the bakery. Last in the bakery. Mateo. Yeah, probably not the first time for him either. No, probably not. Oh, God. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Classic <laughs> Oh man. But gentlemen, it has been a blast. Um. I think we'll wrap up the episode here uh, just because we've, we've talked for probably way too long and, uh, and yeah, awesome. It's been fun. I look forward to talking with you guys um, next (laughs) week. And I also look forward to uh, some, some spooky adventures here in the next, uh, next couple weeks. It's going to be great. And that's it for this episode of Tabletop Radio Hour. Like always, you can find this episode on soundcloud.com slash tabletopradiohour and on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at tabletopcast if you have any questions or comments. You can join us over on facebook.com slash tabletopradiohour for regular updates. We also have an email address that is tabletopradiohour at gmail.com. Our website tabletopradiohour.wordpress.com You can find information about our Patreon page on our website. I want to thank you all for listening, and keep rolling 20s. Tabletop Radio Hour.